We're going to try to finish up this section with a review. Uh, if you'll remember, a couple of weeks ago, we had to go through this really fast, and, and, and so we wanted to go back through it a little bit slower and, and catch some things here. So we're going to do a review of these verses from uh, probably verse number 4 all the way to verse number 9. Just a brief review of each individual verse and how it's going to help us and contain, all right? How many of y'all can see this board, at least, from the, at least from the screen? Can everybody on this side, can y'all see it? Where's my camera people? Help me, camera. Can we get a close-up shot of the board? Can we get a close-up shot of the board? There we go. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. All right. All right. Uh, that's Jalen's drawing, too, by the way. Uh, he done a fine job. Fine job. All right. All right. Leave that, leave that right there on the screen, if you will, so we can, we can start there. Uh, is everybody having a good day today? All right. Who had a rough day today? Who had a rough day today? Raise your hand. Let me see it. Rough day today. All right. All right. Uh, how many of y'all had a great day today? Raise your hand. Great day. All right. That's more. Amen. All right, now, you that had a great day, you need to pray for those that had a rough day. You say, why do we do that? Because that's how we hold each other up. Amen? We weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, and, uh, and we're just going to be an encouragement to one another. Amen? amen? If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, say amen. amen. All right. Well, let's start Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 4. Verse number 4. Uh, the, 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 the title of this, this lesson, the series we've been doing the last few weeks, is Winning the Battle with Worry. Winning the Battle with Worry. And it can be won. It can be won. If God says, be careful for nothing, in other words, He says, don't worry about anything, He would not tell you to do something that you did not have the ability to do. Are you all with me? So the first thing we need to get really in our heads and in our hearts is that this is possible. That this is not an impossibility. Sometimes we look at things in the Bible and think, well, that, well, I'll never be able to do that, or that's impossible. It's never impossible if it is a command from God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, let's look. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. How much? Nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and uh, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, Whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are of, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what does he say to do? Think on these things. Focus on these things. Concentrate on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, say it with me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace shall be with you. The beginning we see the peace of God. And now we see the God of peace. 
We're going to learn something very, very important tonight about winning the battle with worry, and that is the most significant factor in this battle. The most significant factor in the battle with worry we're going to learn tonight. Y'all ready? Say amen. amen. Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for everything that you do in this place. Thank you for what we learn. Uh, thank you for what you share with us and encourage us with. Now, Father, we need your blessings, we need your anointing, we need your presence. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll flow through this place, touch every single person on every single chair. God, I pray your perfect will be done. Help us to learn and grow, and Lord, help us to win. Help us to win. There's too many people losing. There's too many people that's giving in. There's too many people the devil's defeating and uh, living a defeated life. We are not victims, we're victors, and I pray. God, that you'll give us the victory in this battle. I pray your perfect will be done, and God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Now, going into this review <coughs> and going into this study tonight, I want one thing, I want one thing to go through your mind, stay in your mind, uh, and as we look at each part in each verse, keep this in your mind. Uh, this is the most important factor. This is the most significant issue. This is the most significant deal that we could ever learn when it comes to the battle with worry. Uh, listen, the most significant thing when it comes to battling worry is not money. It's not money. People think, well, if I could just make some more money, if I could just have some more money, uh, uh, that would take care of my problems and I wouldn't worry anymore. My daughter, she asked me today, we were eating lunch today, and uh, she asked me, I wonder what it would feel like if you just never had to worry about money. It just, it just had an unlimited amount of, amount of worry, or un unlimited amount of money. I said, well, you'd worry about something else. I said, the people that don't have to worry about money worry about other people taking their money. Or they worry about losing their money. So money is really not a significant factor in winning the battle with worry. You can have money and still worry. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now I know what some of you are thinking. I'd like to see. Amen. But that's, you can take my word for it. Uh, winning the battle with worry, the most significant factor is not relationships. You can have all the friends in the world. You can be the most friendly person. Everybody in the world can like you. Everybody in the world could think a bunch of you. But that doesn't take away worry. It doesn't work. Uh, you could have the best doctors in the world. You can, you can have everything that this world has to offer and still be empty and still worry. Now... From what we're studying and the things that we're, we're looking at, and, and the reason I say this is the most significant factor, because we're learning, we're learning what we do. We're learning the practical side of this. What do we do to keep from worrying? Last week we learned what do we do before the, the crisis takes place, what do we do before the tragedy or whatever it is that, that's causing us to worry. In other words, we're prepared before the storm arises. Uh, we're, we're building our faith, we're strengthening our faith so that when we do get in the storm, when we do get in the issue, that we're not worrying, we're already confident, we're already secure in that. Uh, so the practical things that are there, but what does these practical things do? And what do these practical things, the practical steps we're talking about, about controlled thinking or, or, or you know, uh, uh, correct praying, clean living, what does all these things do? What do all these things do? And what do they contribute to? Now, the most important, significant factor in winning the battle with worry is simply this, the... All right, wait till I point, people. 
Period. Period. He said, if you, will, if you will not worry about anything, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Then the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. At the end of it, if you do these things, he says, then the God of peace will what? Will what? Will what? He'll be with you. What does that mean? You'll have the... Now watch these two verses. Watch these two verses. Psalms 23. We always quote, we always quote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many of y'all have heard that, that, that chapter and those verses quoted tons and tons and tons of times, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, so and so, so and so, so and so, right? Now, our favorite part, our favorite part is this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, right? Isn't that encouraging? He says, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. He says, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be in fear, even though I'm walking through a deadly pace, even though I'm walking through a desperate place, even though I'm walking through a fearful place. I'm not going to fear. Now, that's not worrying. Would you agree with that? He's basically saying this. Even though I'm going through a place that should cause worry, that should cause fear, that most people fear and worrying in, he said, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. Then he tells why. For thou art with me. You see, sometimes we read so fast through these chapters and so fast through these verses we forget the significance of what's there. He's not saying, I'm not going to worry and I'm not going to fear because I'm tough and I'm bad. He's saying, because you're with me. Because you're with me. I, 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 was, reading down, I was reading down through the, the Bible the different times when uh, God would tell people, I'm with you. He said it to Abraham. He said it to Jacob. He said it to, to Moses when they, were, when they were going to the promised land. And, and, and Moses even said this. There was, there was times that, that the, the children of Israel just got God frustrated. And he was, he was angry with them. And, and he says, you go on, uh, I'm not going. And this is what Moses said. Well, I ain't either. If you're not going, I'm not going. You know what Moses understood? He understood the importance of the presence of God. He understood it didn't matter if it was a promised land. It didn't matter if it was milk and honey. It didn't matter if there was blessings beyond their compare. It didn't matter if they had houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant and wells they didn't dig. All of that stuff meant nothing without the presence of God. It is the presence of God that is going to keep us. It is the presence of God that's going to help us. It's the presence of God that's going to bless us. It's the presence of God that's going to give us the peace of God. If this makes sense, say amen. Let me give you another verse. <clears throat> Psalm 16. Psalm 16, 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Looking up the word fullness, that means you can't get no more. In other words, you're so full... You can't eat no more. It's like when you're at the table, you say, I'm full. What does that mean? You can't eat no more. And what he's saying here is you'll be so happy, you can't have no more happy. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd like to have some of that. 
Wouldn't you like to be so joyful that if you just get any more joyful, you won't be able to stand it? Would y'all, would y'all agree with me that that is, is, is the complete opposite of worry? Now, where does he say that's going to be found? In thy, in thy presence. In thy presence. Well, we can trace all this back. We can trace all this, but I'm trying to stay with my stuff because I don't want to run out of time again, but it's hard not to run rabbits on this. This goes all the way back to the beginning. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. What did God want to do with, with His creation, with His greatest love, the apple of His eye? The Bible says they walked in the cool of the day. They were in His presence on a regular basis. God wants to be with us even more than we need to be with Him. Let me, say, let me change the way I said that. God wants to be with us even more than we know how much we need to be with Him. He wants to be with us. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants, to, he wants us to abide with Him. In John 15, in the, in the, in the fruit-bearing chapter, uh, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you, and ye shall bear much fruit. There's so much He says about abiding. That's dwelling in and being with. It's so important. The most significant factor in winning the battle with worry is the presence of God. Please get that. As we go through this review now, keep that in your head. Every single point we make, every single verse we review, keep in your head the most significant factor in me winning the battle with worry is the presence of God in my life. I can walk through a dark place and not worry. I can walk through a tragedy and not worry. I can walk through a difficult place and not worry if I'm in the presence of God. Does that make sense? Now, what you're going to see in the first verse, which is verse 4, verse 4, and then the last verse, the last verse that we, we have talked about, which I believe is verse number 9, Verse number 9, completely deal with the presence of God. I didn't see it till I started reviewing this again, so this will make sense. Let's go back to verse number 4. <clears throat> now, technically, technically in your outline, in your outline, uh, we did not cover verse 4. If you remember, when I gave you the outline, I went back and I was looking at some stuff in verse 4 and verse 5. And then that's when we jumped in on the uh, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. If y'all remember that, say amen. So this is what I encourage you to do. Flip your paper over in the blank side where you got blank where you can write. Uh, and let's talk about this a minute. Verse number four. Verse number four. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, when he says that, and again, in other words, he's putting emphasis on it. In other words, he's saying, now listen. Let me say this again, so you get this. Let me say this again, because this is critically important. Let me put emphasis on what I'm saying. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. All right? Now, here's verse 4 has to do with our worship. Our worship. Write that down. Verse 4 has to do with our worship. And our worship has to do with the battle. And I really didn't see that last time, and I'm glad God showed it to me this time so we could include this in our notes. Your worship, your worship is significant in this battle, in your fight. 
You see, last time we talked about our prayer, we talked about our thinking, and we talked about living holy, our practice, uh, uh, righteousness, and so forth, and we're going to talk about that again. But really, we didn't talk about our worship. What is rejoicing? It's worship. The first time, <clears throat> the first time that the word rejoicing is mentioned in the Bible, the very first time is in the book of Leviticus. I believe, uh, uh, I don't want to lie, I believe it's Leviticus 20. Verse 40, I think, or 23, verse 40. Uh, it's there. Trust me on that. Say amen. You don't trust me? Amen. Come on, people. Amen. amen. In the book of Leviticus, God is instructing. He is instructing the children of Israel. Once they get into the promised land, this is what he tells them to do. He says, I know you're going to have permanent houses because you're going to take over places that, that, that I'm going to give you. You're not even going to have to build them. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, you, you remember all these things, houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant. I'm going to give all this to you, and you'll have permanent residence. He said, but once a year, once a year, I want you to come out your permanent houses, I want you to go to the woods, and I want you to cut some branches. I want you to cut some, some limbs. I want you to cut some palm branches, and I want you to build booths. In other words, temporary shelters, kind of like a tent or a lean-to. Does that make sense? Amen? He says, and I want you to spend seven days, seven days I want you to spend in these booths, in these temporary shelters. Don't stay in your houses, stay in the shelter because it will remind you of the time you came out of Egypt and you dwelt in temporary dwellings through the wilderness. Now, what was the whole point of that? He says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. This is the first time the word rejoice is found in all of the Bible. He says, I want you to rejoice in what the Lord has done for you. And you say, what is the point? When you're in that temporary dwelling and you're outside, it reminds you of some things. You, you look at places first. You look back. Say that with me. You look you look back at where God has brought you from. You see, you used to be a slave. You used to be in bondage. You used to work for Pharaoh. You used to be working for the enemy. But God has delivered you. You was once a slave, and now you're a free man. You were once without anything, not even a nation, not even a people. But now you are a nation. You are a people. You are a free man. Somebody say amen. He says, I want you to remember the deliverance of God. I want you to remember the providence of God. Remember when God let water come out of a rock. Remember when God let manna fall down from heaven. Remember when God provided for you when you didn't have nothing and there was nothing there to have. God gave you something when you had nothing. Somebody say amen. He said, remember what God's done for you. And when you remember what God's done for you, you need to rejoice and thank God for everything he's done. When you're in that booth, you're looking back. But you're not only looking back, but you're looking around. Look what God has done. Look at the vineyards. Look at the houses. Look at the land. You who used to have nothing, and now you're a landowner. Now you have inherited a blessing. Now you're in the promised land. God says, look back. Then he says, look around. And most importantly, look up. Don't ever forget. You know, one of the, one of the biggest issues are one of the big, I don't want to say worries, but the biggest concerns that God had with the nation of Israel when they went into the promised land, he said, when you're sitting in them houses, when you're drinking from them wells, when you're eating from them vineyards, he said, beware, lest thou forget God. 
You know what I think's happened in America? We've forgotten God. We, we, are, we are satisfied. We are full. We, we, are in, we are in no need of Him. We got food in our belly. Listen, we, we have blessings untold, and we have forgotten that they all come from God. It is Listen, the reason that America is the greatest nation on this planet is because of God. It's not because of our ingenuity. It's not because of our expertise. It's because of the blessed hand of God upon this country, and our country has forgotten God. And he said, when you go into this land, he said, beware lest thou forget God. One time a year, I want you to get in them booths. One time a year, I want you to go out so you can look back, so you can look around, so you can look up, and I want you to rejoice. I want you to rejoice. You know what the word rejoice means? Get happy. Get happy. It didn't say be happy. It's get happy. It's not, well, nah. Anyway. Almost, for some reason, uh, get loose now. That's what I, I'm just going through my head. I shouldn't be thinking that, but that's what, listen, get happy. Do you know that means that's a choice? That's a choice you have to make. That's a choice to do. You choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to get happy today. I'm going to choose to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. What does it say? Rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in what I have and not what I don't have. Too many of us are worrying about what we don't have when God said, if you'll turn that truck around and look at what you do have, you'll have reason to rejoice. Now, what is that? Worship. That is worship. When we come here, we should worship. When we come here, we should rejoice. We should look back at where God has brought us from. What does psalmist say? I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my... What's he doing? He's looking back at where God brought him from. He set my foot on a rock, established my goings, put a new song in my mouth. Somebody say amen. He's rejoicing in the Lord. He's praising him. He's getting happy. Some of y'all need to get happy. Some of y'all look like you've been baptized in lemon juice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Now watch this. Watch this. I know what you're thinking. What for? Because that's our human nature. What's the big deal? What's that going to do? What's that going to change anything? I don't feel like rejoicing. I had a bad day today. I've gone through hell and back today. Why should I? Got a verse for you. Psalms 22.3. Psalms 22.3. Don't turn. I'm going to just read it. We're going to save time because I'm already running behind schedule. Psalms 22.3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Of Israel. I looked up the word inhabit. The word inhabit means to live or dwell in. To occupy, oh, I love this. To occupy a pl- as a place of settled residence. Now, now let's look at this verse. To dwell in, to hang out in. Basically, that's what it's saying. What is it saying? That God dwells around 
people that praise Him. That God sets up a permanent residence in the midst of the folks that learn how to praise Him. Y'all ain't getting it. What is the most significant factor in the battle with worry? What did we just learn? That if we would praise Him, if we would learn to rejoice, if we would learn to get happy and praise Him and get in our booth and look around and look up and look back and start getting happy for what God has done, God will come out and hang with us. How many of y'all need God to hang with you a while? Now think about this. Think about this. This may, this may change your life forever. It may, it may change your church experience forever if you would learn to come in here and do more than sit soaking sour. If you had learned to come in here and get involved. And I'm, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about handshaking and I'm not talking about uh, being a greeter and I'm not talking about working in the parking lot and I'm not talking about working the cameras. I'm talking about get involved in worship. Don't just sit around and watch other people worship. Don't get, don't go, don't worship on credit. Get some on your own. My dad used to say, man, shout even if you had to shout on credit. And that means you're shouting because somebody else is going to shout. I don't want to shout on credit. I want to shout on capital. I want to have my own reason to shout. I want to shout because God's been good to me. Now, now, I'm not doing that just so I could, I could j- just praise him. I'm doing that because I need him with me. And I want to learn to praise him. And I want to learn to rejoice. And you say, you say <laughs> yeah, but that's at church. You got to start somewhere. Maybe if you'd learn to do it here, you could do it at work. Maybe if you learn to do it here, you could do it in the car on the way to work when the devil's jumping on your back. Maybe you could do it in that place where you've been worrying. Maybe in that valley where you've been afraid. Maybe in that place where the devil's been pulling you down. If you'll learn to get involved in worship right here, God may change everything. When you worship, He comes. When you worship, He shows up. He likes being Praise. I got another one. Turn, turn, turn with me to Second uh, Chronicles twenty. Second Chronicles twenty. And hurry. Second Chronicles twenty. It's right after Second Kings and First Chronicles. Second Chronicles twenty. While you're turning, here we have. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he's being invaded. In other words, the enemy's coming against him. The enemy's coming against him. Are y'all with me? How many have had the enemy come against you? Now watch this. I got to read fast. I got to read fast. Y'all stay with me if I read fast. Watch this. It came to pass after verse 1. It came to pass after that this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. In other words, God's people. 
Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, I just want to know how he felt about being named Jehoshaphat. That's all I know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazel Tamar, which is in Gedi, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. That's a good thing to do when you get afraid. Amen. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Now, that's biblical so far. Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So, so far, he's following, he's following a deal. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court <clears throat> and said, O oh Lord, in other words, he went to church. Y'all with me? In other words, when you go to worrying, getting anxious and fearful, a good place to go is to church. But most people, that's the last place they go. Most people, when things come against them, they quit going to church, and that's the last thing they should do. Amen? And the Bible says this. What verse am I? Six. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that, that, that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? Do you see what he's doing? He's recognizing the authority of God. He's recognizing the presence of God. You remember what we said two weeks ago? That when we pray, we need to remember who we're praying to? I don't think he's doing this to remind God. I think he's doing this to remind himself who he's praying to. Are y'all with me? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name's sake. If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Do you remember? That was the prayer of Solomon. When Solomon dedicated the temple, he asked God if, if the pestilence come, if the disease come. If, if, and that's when you get that verse, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. Y'all with me? He's just remembering what happened at the dedication of the temple. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them, for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we, uh, neither, I gotta have my glasses, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. What are they doing? They're making their requests known unto God. What did they just say? We can't fix this. We do not have the ability to meet this enemy. They're stronger than we are. They're more than we are. We are helpless in this situation. He's making his request known unto God. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing in the world wrong with telling God, I don't know what to do. You know what? If, if some of us would start swallowing our pride, and I say us because I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I'm always trying to solve things on my own and fix things on my own, trying to manipulate things on my own, when I should just come to God and get on my knees and say, God, I don't know what in the world to do about this situation. It'd probably save us a whole lot of grief. Amen? Watch this. He says, we don't know what to do. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And that's a good thing, too. We ought to make prayer a family affair. 
We need, we need our children to see that God will answer our prayer. Amen? It says, Then upon Jehaziel, the son of good no Lord knows who these people are. Here's what happened. Came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. You can figure out who they are later. Amen. It's basically this. A man of God had God touch him. And he got a word from the Lord. I'm here to tell you, when, when the enemy's coming against you, you need a word from the Lord. Watch what he says. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not... You know that thing you're worrying about? It's not your problem. You know that issue you're struggling with? It's not your problem. The battle is the... Oh, yeah. Say amen. Say amen. Watch this. Tomorrow, go ye down... I, I'm going somewhere. I know y'all think I've left my subject, but I hadn't got there yet. All right? And the subject was worship. Right? Rejoicing. Praise. Worship. In the presence of God. Now watch, 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 watch. It says this. Tomorrow, go ye against them. Behold, and then he tells them where they're going to be. He says, you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem. Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not. Be now not dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. Why? For the Lord will be with you. Woo! He says, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Why? I'm with you. Isn't that the same thing that we found in Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For are you seeing it now? Is it falling into place now? The most significant thing in the battle with worry is the presence of God. Watch this, watch this. What verse? 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord. What were they doing? Worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise. By, by the way, the Levites is the religious part of the children of Israel. They're the spiritual side. They're the ones responsible for... Y'all with me there? It says, They stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and, and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. What did he appoint? He got the choir together, people. He didn't get the soldiers. He got the choir. Y'all with me? He appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Now imagine, imagine the choir leader. Imagine you've got the general of all the army standing here, and you've got Brother Jalen standing here. And the king says, okay, all you soldiers, you hang tight. Brother Jalen, y'all go first. 
That's what it just says. He sent out the choir to face the enemy. Are y'all getting this? He sent the choir to face the enemy. And it was their responsibility to sing praises to the Lord. He says, don't raise a spear. Don't raise a sword. Don't raise a shield. I want you to raise your voice and praise and adoration to me. I want you to worship me in the beauty of holiness. I want you to worship me and give me glory. And watch what happens. Amen. The Bible says, what verse? 22. And when they began to sing and praise, y'all with me? The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. In other words, God defeated the enemy by way of the choir. What happened? They were worshiping. What happened? They were praising. And God dwells in the praises of His people. And when God shows up, the enemy cannot stand. And whatever is standing against you, whatever is bringing you down, whatever is scaring you to death, whatever is worrying you to death, it cannot stand against the presence of God. And if you'll learn how to worship and praise Him, He will dwell all around you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Learn how to do it here so you can do it at work. Learn how to do it here so you can do it in your car. Learn how to do it here so you can do it in the schoolhouse. Wherever it is that you're struggling, learn how to worship and praise Him. And His Spirit and His presence will be with you. I'll tell you what would fix a lot of Christians if they just learned to worship when they got here. Instead of watching everybody else do it. I said it. You know what? I get frustrated sometimes when I know that there's a lot of people that think we say what we say and we do what we do. And Brother Jalen's up here encouraging the, 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 the congregation to get with them and get involved because we think we do this for our benefit. We, we, you think that we want you to come so we can have a crowd to speak to. No. I want a victorious crowd. I want a crowd that goes out of this building that is so victorious and so powerful and so anointed and so mighty that the devil's crowd says, Oh, here they come again. I tell you this. This is God's truth. I'm not exaggerating this a bit. There's a restaurant close to here. There's a gentleman that runs a restaurant, and he tells me this. I know when temple people come, and I know when other church people come. That's a, that is a testimony. Man, we need, to, we need to be victorious. And something that you can do. You can, do, you can praise him. Let me tell you why we don't. Because we ain't been in the tent lately. All we can do is sit around and think about what we don't have. Or what we wish we had. When God said, if you get out your house and get in that booth and look back at where I brought you from, you'll change your attitude. 
And maybe that's what some of us need to do. Maybe God needs to take us back to that hellhole he found us in. Maybe God needs to remind us of the gutter that he found us in. Maybe, maybe some of us need to be haunted by the ghost of Christmas past. Are y'all with me? Rejoice. Our worship is so important when it comes to winning the battle of worry. Some of us, the battle would be over if we just learned to sing. So I can't sing. He said, make a joyful noise. Well, my noise ain't too joyful. Do the best you can. Amen. Are y'all with me? Verse number four, our worship. Our worship is significant when it comes to winning the battle of worry because the worship that we give will bring what? Come on, everybody. We'll bring the... Amen. All right, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. We've got to hurry. We'll skim through these because we really, we really talked about these a lot. Verse 5. <clears throat> Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's our testimony. Write that down in your notes. Our testimony. <clears throat> On the blank side. <clears throat> our testimony. You remember the word moderation means ease of mind. A calmness of mind. Not easily elated or depressed. What does that mean? You don't get all jacked up about good stuff and you don't get all down about bad stuff. You, you're an even-killed type person. Does this make sense for everybody? Moderation. God's people, God's people should be moderate people. They should be calm people. Uh, we use the terminology cool, calm, and collected. Cool, calm, and collected. No matter what, cool, calm, and collected. When the storms are blowing, cool, calm, and collected. We need to be, we need to be at peace. Listen, it, it, this, is, this is the significant part of this. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Now, now, really, what that is saying is this. This lost world, in the midst of tragedy and chaos, need to see a group of people, God's people, that are cool, calm. It's a testimony. Let me ask you a question. When, when the chaos hits, and God's people are wigging out just as bad as the, the devil's crowd, what kind of testimony is that to our Father in heaven? Does that make sense? Our testimony. We need to be cool, calm, and collected. Why? Why did he say we could be that way? The Lord is at... That means he's within... Say it with me. He's within... He's within reach. Okay? Now, how are we going to stay cool, calm, and collected in the storm when we learn to praise him when we're not in the storm? I, I think one of the coolest songs, coolest uh, uh, praise and worship songs is I'll praise you in this storm. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Listen, that's what Paul did in the midst of a storm that everybody thought they were going to die. And they probably would if he hadn't been in the ship with them. The Bible says he heard from God. The angel of the Lord spoke to him. He, in the storm, in the storm, he was... Now watch this. Because he was cool, calm, and collected, everybody else was delivered. Now think about that. 
He said, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. I've heard from God. And not only have I heard from God, I, I, I believe God. So why was he that confident? If you've been through what he'd been through, you'd be confident too. And I mean the beatings and the stonings and all the other stuff God's brought him through. Are y'all with me? So, cool, calm, and collected. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Okay? We learn to worship him when there is no tragedy. We learn to worship him. How, when do we rejoice in the Lord? That means in church, out of church. Y'all with me? I don't know about y'all, but y'all spend, or we all, not really me, I'm here every day, but most people spend more time out there than we do in here, right? So he says rejoice in the Lord. So where are you going to do the most rejoicing? Are we? Think about it. Moving right along. Verse 5 is our testimony. Verse 4, what do we say? Verse 4 is our our worship. Verse 5 is our testimony. What do people see in us? Do they see cool, calm, and collected? Do they see an ease of mind? Do they see peace in the midst of turmoil? It's our testimony. It's what we reflect and what we reveal about who God is in us to the lost world. And then, then verse number 6. Verse number 6. We find, we find our worship. We find our testimony. And then write this down. Our prayer life. <clears throat> our prayer life. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Our prayer life is critical to winning the battle with worry. Now, here's something God's just putting in my head just now. Uh... In his presence is fullness of joy, right? How much of us, how many of us, and how much time do we spend praying in his presence? Abiding in him. Spending time with him. Make your request. I, I had a guy, I had a guy, he was at a church when I was pastoring in South Carolina. And he said he had an issue, and he called seven or eight preachers and said, how many of y'all can get a hold of God? He said, like one out of the seven said, I can get a hold of God. The rest said, well, I'll try. Or how, many, how many have the confidence in here that we know we can go to our prayer closet and get in his presence? Because we do it on a regular basis. So are you trying to make us feel guilty? No, I'm trying to win the battle with worry. And we've got to make an effort. We've got to learn to rejoice in the Lord here and everywhere else. And we've got to learn to spend some time in His presence praying. Praying. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We've got to learn to pray. We've got to learn to bring our petitions to God. Whatever it is that's bothering you, whatever it is that's worrying you, whatever it is that's coming against you, what did Jehoshaphat do? He went to church and went to... Who was he praying to? God. In other words, take our issues to God. What did Peter say? What did Peter say? 
casting all your upon him for he let's learn to do that let's learn to do that now i know we we we, we some of us like to token pray token pray god help me i don't know what i'm gonna do god help me well, that's different than saying god i've got this such and such bill and it's due on such and such day i don't have a clue how i'm gonna do it but god i need you to meet my need because i can't do it and you promised to meet my need you see the specificity in that? Maybe some of us, maybe some of us don't have our prayers answered because we're not specific enough in them. Make your There's a difference between help and God, I need you to do such and such and such and such and such and such. You see the difference? Take your request to him. I had a guy. <clears throat> This week, this week, he says, man, I, I, I was needing about $500 more a month income. Just was thinking about it. And he said, I went to God, and this is what I prayed. God, I need $500 more a month in income. I mean, he was specific with, with the amount, by the month, everything. I mean, I don't know how I can get any more specific than that. I mean, the, everything. God, I need $500 more. He said the very next day, this is a testimony. I was at a wedding this week. He told me this at the wedding this week. Didn't have nothing to do with this. He, I just happened to remember that he told me this, this this weekend. He said the very next day, somebody with a, 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 a set of houses and stuff that needed to be managed called him and said, hey, man, I, I need somebody to manage these. Do you think you'd have time to manage this, this these operations here? And he said, he said, he said, I can't pay much. He said, but I can probably afford about $500 a month. That's exactly what he said. I said, man, ain't that something? I said, what do you think about that? He said, I should have asked for more. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe he should have. You may tell you why we don't. We don't think God's big enough. We think God, anyway, I'm not going to get in that because I'm, help us, Lord, help us to be specific in our prayers. All right, verse 7. Verse 4 is our, verse 5 is our, verse 6 is our, verse 7 is our promise. Our promise, look what it says. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Remember the word keep means to garrison. It means to stand guard. Y'all with me? It means to stand guard. God is going to stand guard. He's, he's going to stand guard over two things. Or what? Two things. Come on, everybody. Say it again. Our hearts and minds. Why are both of them significant? Why are both of them important? Because our heart is where we feel our mind is where we think in other words where where do we have the emotion of fear in our heart what happens when you get real afraid it affects your heart <gasps> everything tightens up he said i'm going to protect your feelings and i'm going to protect your thoughts i'm going to guard your mind and i'm going to guard your heart are y'all with me i'm going to stay in guard when you come and pray when you learn to worship when you learn to bring me your issues, when you learn to petition me, when you learn to be specific in your requests and what you need me to do, I'm going to stand guard 
over your heart. I'm going to stand guard over your mind. The two main areas where we have problems that affect worry, right? Our thinking and our feelings. And most of the time our thinking affects our feelings, but they go together, right? So God said he's going to protect that. And I, I love the way the, the peace of God is described. It says it's beyond our understanding. In other words, it's incomprehensible. There will be lost people that will look at you in the midst of a chaotic tragedy and you'll stand there with, with a calmness about you and a peace about you that they can't explain and they'll say, how are you not falling apart? And you know what you'll say? I don't know. Because if you could explain it, it wouldn't be God. And you know it's God because you can't explain it. It passes all men's understanding. Imagine, imagine Paul in the midst of this chaotic storm. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a storm that's deadly. That every one of the seasoned mariners on that ship think they're going to die. We're going to die. Everybody's freaking out and wigging out. And he's standing there. It's all right, boys. Matter of fact, he said, come. He said, I told you so. <laughs> Read it. It's in the book of Acts if you don't believe me. They can't understand why he's, why you succumb. He said, I've heard from God. He ain't never let me down. Amen? Listen, the promise. Then the next verse. Hurry, 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 hurry. What's verse 8? 8. All right? Uh, Our worship, our testimony, our prayer life, our promise, then, then our thought life. This is important. Now, I'm not spending a lot of time with these because we did two weeks ago. And if you were not here two weeks ago, go watch the video. It will go into great, great, greater detail about it. Are you all with me? Say amen. Look what it says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, say it again. Think on these things. Think on these things. Here's, here's the main thing I want you to write down on the back of your paper there. We have to be disciplined in our thought life. We have to, everything we, we read in the, in, the, in the study two weeks ago, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts will greatly affect our worry. It will greatly affect our fear. It will greatly affect our feelings. Our thoughts, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Be careful what you're thinking. Say, how am I supposed to do that? You can control what you see and what you hear. Now, I will say this. I will say this. There are some things we cannot control what we see, and there are some things we cannot control what we hear. But I truly believe the things that we cannot control will not affect us because God won't let it. But the things we can control will. What does that mean? You can control whether you're around negative people all the time. And if you're around negative people all the time, you're going to think negative. You're going to be negative. If you read negative material all the time. I, I, used, to, I used to, you know, you, you, there are certain topics on, on Facebook, if you're scrolling through, especially the, the political stuff, or, or agendas that you, you, that you read that's really anti-Christian, you know, I, 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 I don't know why I'd get on there and I'd read them and I'd get some mad. Sometimes I'd, I'd get with uh, other Christians that would be ridiculing other Christians and, 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 and I'd just get some mad and I wanted to, and, and, and my wife come through there and said, what's your problem? I said, do you see what this stupid person wrote? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's not even biblical. She says, why are you even reading it? 
Is that the truth? She said, you get like this every time. I don't even know why you read it, because it makes you so mad every time. I said, I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes we do it because we want to do it. Now, if that's the case, don't whine at nobody because you're worried or mad. Because you did it. What's the point? Be careful. If there are certain things that get you stirred up, you've got to quit that. If there are certain things that you read, if there are certain things that you hear, if there are certain things that you do, and, and we talked about everything from music to magazines to the news, you know, cut it out. Cut it out because the input, all of that stuff is input. It's like a computer. You're downloading that into the computer in your brain, and you will, how many of y'all have gone to bed watching a show or whatever, and, and, and you had a dream about it? It stays in your subconscious. Don't ever watch a horror movie and a western at the same time. You'll have a squid riding a horse through your dreams all night long. <laughs> no, I don't like horror shows. Them crazy women I live with do. Amen? John Wayne and Freddy Krueger don't go together. Say amen. Matter of fact, anyway, anyway, let's move. Lord have mercy. All right. How many of y'all get that? I don't need to talk any more about that. Has everybody got that? Let's be disciplined. Let's be disciplined in our thought process. He said, think on these things. Think on true things. Don't think on the what is. When, when, when you're worried about something, when there could be something that could be a what if, don't focus on the what if, do on the what. Always focus on what you know, not what could be. Because 98% of the things that could be don't ever take place. Y'all with me? Say amen. All right, lastly, lastly, our practice. <clears throat> our practice. And, and we're going to kind of draw this together right here. Watch this. He says, those things which ye have both learned, received, and heard, and seen in me. What's the next word? Do. The word there is prazo, which means practice. Practice. Now, watch this. You know what he's saying? He's saying practice holiness. The, the, the point that we used in our notes was clean living. Say that with me. Now, everybody look at your notes. Everybody look at your notes. At the, top of, at the top of page 3, where it says clean living, there's two verses I want to look at right under there. Hurry, 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 hurry. i got 23 seconds. <clears throat> Are you there? All right, now watch this. Look at these verses. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. What does that mean? A guilty conscience is always going to be worried. Worried they're going to get caught. Worried that somebody's going to see them. Worried about the outcome. But what does it say about a righteous person? Those that do right, they're not worried. They're bold as a lion. Are y'all with me? Now, what does that mean? Our behavior will affect our mentality. Watch this. Here's another good one. Isaiah 32, 17. And the work of righteousness shall be, the work of righteousness shall be, what's that mean? Good behavior shall produce peace. All right, now watch. And the effect of righteousness, what's the word? And how long? Now, would you agree that that's the exact opposite of worry and fear? Now, think about that a minute. I tell you why I worry all the time. You may need to change your behavior. 
It's amazing to me that people that, that will live like hell itself and then pray God will help them. Oh, God, take this fear away. Well, quit acting like an idiot. And I don't mean that mean, and I'm not trying to be smart. But God is not going to bless foolishness because that means he condones it. Are y'all with me? Let me go to one more verse. 1 John, 1 John. Quickly, 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 quickly. 1 John, chapter number 1. 1 John, chapter number 1. He's talking about fellowship. 1 John, chapter number 1. <clears throat> it says this in verse 6. 1 John 1, 6. Watch this now. Watch this. We're going to draw it all together right here. 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, now that's exactly what I just said. If you're saying you're right with God or you're good with God and you're acting like a fool, the Bible says we lie. You a liar. Watch. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, that means righteousness and holiness. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's talking about us and God. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, everything we've talked about tonight is, has referred back to and has seen that the most significant thing with the battle of worry is the... Now, watch this. If the presence of God is the most significant factor in the battle with worry and I'm out here cutting the fool and acting like an idiot and doing things I know that's contrary to God's word, then that means I'm out of fellowship with God. And if I'm out of fellowship with God, I am not in His And I am outside the umbrella of His protection. Are y'all with me? So what does that mean? I need to get this right. You can't live outside of God's will. You can't live outside of God's word and expect to have peace in your heart. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. Now, do you see how this ties together? Look at the first one we talked about. Our worship, our praise affects the, the worship and, and, and the presence of God in our life. There, our praise brings Him to us. Our praise of Him causes Him to hang around and dwell in our presence. We are in His presence. But then our behavior, our everyday behavior, if we walk in darkness and we say we're fellowship with Him, we're lying. But if we'll walk in the light as He is in the light, we're in His presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. In His presence is His protection. In His presence is His peace. We need the peace of God. But more than the peace of God, we need the God of peace. Are y'all with me? Hey, we're going to continue this next week. <clears throat> but we're going to jump in the next verses, and we're going to talk about contentment. Contentment. What does that mean? How to be happy with what you got. Boy, it's going to be good, too. I ain't going to lie. It's going to be good. Because you know why most people worry? About what they don't have. So anyway, anyway, Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Bless us all. Help us to practice this. Lord, help us to practice this and be obedient.